We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Good evening, one and all, and welcome to the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our broadcast family of affiliates and satellite providers around the world. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And for the broadcast schedule of the Exxon Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel uh, daily broadcast schedule, visit the Exxon TV channel at simultv.com. And we are channel number 21. My guest this hour is a gentleman we've had the pleasure of having on the show before. His name is Jason Offutt, and uh, Jason's books on the paranormal include Chasing American Monsters, Paranormal Missouri, What Lurks Beyond, Darkness Walks, Shadow People Among Us, and Haunted Missouri. His credits also include the novels Bad Day for the Apocalypse, Bad Day for a Road Trip, and A Funeral Story. Jason lives in the northwest Missouri area where he teaches college journalism, uh, sets a good nerd example for his children, and brews his own brewski beer. Joining me now is Jason Offit. And Jason, welcome back to the show. Always great talking to you, my friend. Hey, Rob, it, it is always great talking to you, too. As as I mean, over the years, this is, what, four, maybe five times I've been on? Something like that. You know, I... I, I I, I, I hate to say this, and I may as well be honest with you, because I'm always honest with my listeners and my guests. I never remember the amount of times a good guest is on. A bad guest... Okay, well, you remember me then. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. How can, how, can I, how can I forget the parent who is a nerd who bruises on beer and who teaches college journalism? Right. There's probably not many with that, uh, that entire combination. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's always great talking to you. What's new with you? Uh, it's finals week, and uh, I've got two more finals left, and then mm-hmm. I have summer vacation until August. So that really, kind of beats uh, you know back when I was a print journalist and got uh, two weeks uh, vacation a year, uh-huh. and uh, I couldn't take them one after the other. So. Yeah, it sounds like radio a lot. You just take them when you can, and you can't be fussy about it. Right. Um. How did you get interested in the paranormal? Because, you know, since you were on last time, we have a lot of new affiliates around the world, and I'd like them to get to know Jason Offit. So how did you get, where did the interest in the paranormal come from? Well, I'd, there are a couple, a couple of things uh, that, that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one uh, had, to do with, had to do with Bigfoot. Uh, I think we, we, we had talked about this last time. Yeah. When, when I was, when I was uh, a child, I, was, I don't know, six, seven, something like that, mm-hmm. Uh, there were Bigfoot uh, reports in in 
the newspaper uh, in my home state. So, you know, it can't be in the newspaper unless it's true. Uh, right. And, uh, uh, okay. So I, well, at least maybe in the early seventies. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was absolutely fascinated that here was this supposedly mythological creature in my home state being reported in the newspaper. So mm-hmm. I mean, with, for, for monsters, at least that, that really got my, my attention up, but for the paranormal in general, the house that I grew up in had been uh, a schoolhouse uh, out in the country. Right. And, um, it was about 120 years old when, when I lived there. Uh, so it's, you know, at least approximately 600 years old right now, <laughs> but it was, um, it had been converted to a, a three room or a three bedroom home. And, yeah. um, one afternoon I, I left my room. I was maybe nine or 10 years old. I walked out of my bedroom, walked into the hallway where we, my dad had lined it with bookshelves. Right. We were a family of readers. And I went in there to get, uh, to get a book. Mm-hmm. And there was a little boy standing there staring at me. He had, he had brown hair parted on one side. Uh, he was wearing a blue flannel shirt and blue jeans. And I could see the bookshelf through him. And I stood there. I have no idea how long it was. It could have been... You know, 30 seconds, it could have been, you know, two days, but it was probably more like five or six seconds. I was just standing there in shock and and then in shock and the little boy blinked and that broke, you know, my my shock. And I turned around and went in my bedroom and shut the door and I didn't say a word about it to anybody for 30 years. Um, But yeah, that at that point, I'm like, you know, there's there's something there's something out there that. Uh, science doesn't have uh, doesn't have an answer to yet, and I, I kind of want to find out what it is. So, what have you found out so far? Uh, that we're never going to find out what it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what I, I've noticed. Now, I've been doing this show now for thirty years, and people think that I'm a skeptic because I ask sometimes very hard hitting questions. But my the truth is that I want to believe, but in order to believe. I have to have proof. I have to know for a fact it's real. And when they say, well, why do you do your show if you don't believe? Well, it's very simple. I know the truth is out there. And by me doing my show every night, Monday through Friday, I am going to come across the answer. And once I come across the answer, I will believe and I can share it with my listeners. And that's why I research and write my books. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Because I, I agree with with you wholeheartedly on this. I, I'm a skeptic as mm-hmm. well. Uh, you know, using the classic definition of skeptic, I, I want evidence. I want evidence. There are things out there that me personally, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm convinced exist, but right. you know, we don't have sci- psychic or psychic. We don't have uh, scientific evidence, so I can't mm-hmm. say to anybody, yes, this exists. Right. I can just and, and even with with the the apparition of, of the little boy, all I can say is. This is what I saw when I was a kid. I was it a ghost? I have no mm-hmm. idea what it was, but this is what uh, nine or ten year old Jason saw. Over the years, uh, you've been in the media, you've been in print media, you teach journalism. How has the internet changed the the world of journalism? Oh, the world of journalism in 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 general, it's. It's frankly, you know, you, you'd think with this amazing communication tool that we have mm-hmm. that we're, we're talking through right now, right now, um, that it would change everything for the better. We can get the information to more people quicker mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, it would be better. But but what we've gotten and, and I've every year 
my department at the university meets with professionals in the field because, you know, we want to keep it as up to date on what's happening in in the professions we're teaching our students sure. to, to be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, in the past few years, what they've told me has has angered and disappointed me. And that's we can be right later. We have to be first. If we if there's a mistake with what we're reporting, we'll fix it some other time. But we have to beat everyone to the punch, and that just goes against everything that that you know I, I I've believed in uh, all my journalistic career. You know, sure. you, you got to be right first. Well, unless you're CNN, that is a lot of right. other, uh, or the National Enquirer. Well, every once in yeah. a while, they're right. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember the stories about uh, Bat Boy. So, gosh, if <laughs> Bat Boy is real, everything else must be real as well. Right. Well, yeah, John, John mm. Edwards uh, was a, not not the crossing over John Edwards, but uh, <laughs> a senator from North Carolina was uh, was running for president. And uh, he's, his wife was dying. She had stage four cancer. And, and uh, the world discovered, or at least the United States discovered, that he was uh, cheating on his wife with his campaign manager because the National Enquirer did actual investigative journalism and broke the story. Whoa. That completely must have been the first. sank his career. I remember that. I remember John Edwards. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, you've got a no. You've got a number of books that are that are that are out there. I believe your latest one is Chasing American Monsters. Yes, I went through uh, all fifty states mm-hmm. and researched what uh, what monsters were there. Um, not just the uh, popular common ones, but uh, but some of the, the the stranger ones per state. All right, you and I have to take our commercial break in a, a, well, we should take it now then, Craig. I don't want to interrupt our guest when we start talking about chasing American monsters. And explanation, my guest this hour is Jason Offit. His website is www.jasonoffit.com. And as I said before, he is the author of Chasing American Monsters, Paranormal Missouri, What Lurks Beyond Darkness Walks, Shadow People Among Us, and Haunted Missouri. Uh, he also has um, included novels in his credits, uh, Bad Day for the Apocalypse, Bad Day for a Road Trip, and A Funeral Story. Once again, www.jasonoffit.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-O-F-F-U-T-T dot com. And Jason and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. 
It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Welcome back to the Exxon. This is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. My name is Rob McConnell. Jason Offit is our special guest, and his website is jasonoffit.com. And in case you haven't noticed, for all of you watching the Exxon TV channel, we are now broadcasting in full 4K video. Uh, Jason, during the commercial break, you and I were talking uh, briefly about uh, journalists, and you, uh, you, you gave uh, kudos to a Canadian uh, broadcaster. Right, uh, Peter Jennings. Uh, when uh, yeah, when he was when he was on uh, the AB, when he was the anchor of the ABC mm-hmm. Evening News, uh, he was the only one I watched. I, I, I if he told me that aliens were eating my luggage, I would believe everything that came out of his mouth. Isn't isn't he the reporter who kind of um, uh, fabricated some of the coverage that he did in Vietnam? No, no, no. That was uh, Brian Williams for That's NBC. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Right, yeah. Peter, unfortunately, hasn't been with us for a number of years. He uh, died of lung cancer. Oh. I believe he was a lifelong smoker. Yeah, that's that's so, horrible death. Yeah, listeners out there, smoking's bad. Yeah, it that's is. That's my PSA. It is, and that's why the Canadian government legalized marijuana. Mm-hmm. I don't well, you, you can put it in that. brownies. But can you put it in Girl Guides? I don't know. You weren't expecting that one, were you, my friend? <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> Okay, so let's get talking about monsters in your book, Chasing American Monsters. What is the most common monster in North America? I mean, besides the divorce lawyer that a friend of mine had. Right. Well, and 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 having been through that before, I'm not sure that it's the lawyer that it's the mon that's the monster. Um, uh, Rimshot, please. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. um, (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, The most common is uh, is by far Bigfoot. Bigfoot, really? Bigfoot, Bigfoot, and you know, it might be the most common uh, common monster in the world. Uh, we just recently from the uh, from the Indian Army saw, uh, you know, the the Asian one of the Asian versions of Bigfoot. They they found footprints of what they're saying uh, is from a yeti. Hmm. Yeah, the Bigfoot is seen um, all over all over the planet. We've we've got uh, not just in North America, um, you know, South America, Central America, Australia. Uh, Africa, Asia, uh, and in Europe as well, are they have their own version of a Bigfoot, and these and and they have legends, you know, dating back centuries upon upon centuries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, that's got to be something there. I just you know really really want a body. It, it seems as if uh, wherever there is civilization, there's a Bigfoot. Right, and and yeah, that and and dragons as well. And you'd think that they would come up with you know something different. There are a mm-hmm. lot of different monsters out there, but but those two specifically are are common with every culture in in, in the world. Yes, and there is um, you know a little bit of scientific proof, but we're not going to say it's Bigfoot. Um, there was there were stories by uh, natives in in 
in the uh, in the I believe it was the Congo um, of these enormous uh, bipedal apes that ha- that howled at the moon and killed and, and ate lions. Mm-hmm. And wow, that sounded crazy to people. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Until um, you know, Westerners went in there and and uh, discovered them. It was in the Billy B I L I region, and they are called the Billy Apes, and they are enormous chimpanzees that oftentimes will walk on their on two legs. Um, they act like gorillas by building nests, and 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 they have some other gorilla tendencies. But they also howl at the moon, mm. and they will kill leopards and lions and feed off of them. Um, so. You know, that's real. Whenever you hear, you know, the, the natives of any area of the world talking about something, you know, they've seen it. They, they, they know a lot of this stuff's there, and I just wish science would listen to them every once in a while. But here we are in the year 2019. Everybody has a camera in their cell phone. Everybody, or at least the majority of the population, has a cell phone. There are dash cams. There are, there are surveillance cameras. There are satellites. And there's no proof of Bigfoot. No, I should say, no photograph of Bigfoot. No thermal imaging of Bigfoot. If he does exist, how can Bigfoot stay so elusive? Okay. Yeah. Let's let's yeah let's hit that. Let's let's. Can I? Can I I'm going to take a step back to to sure. Africa. The the Billy Ape mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't recognized by by Western science until 1996. So I mean that's that's fairly recent for a big animal. All right, but now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. In all fairness. What is the population of the area where the ape was found in Africa? And I was going to go there next. Robbie ah, okay. beat me to it. It's not as big as, as the population mm-hmm. of Washington State where that thing's seen all the time. Right. Right. So that, that, is, that is a big issue. That is a really big issue. If, if, you know, if there is a Bigfoot, um, which I think there is, but do I know? No, until we have a, have a body or, or real, real proof, you know, it doesn't exist. I can't answer the question about a lot of the cameras. Hmm. Uh, personally, if I was, you know, out in the forest and there was, you know, Bigfoot stepped out and it was 20 feet away from me, the last thing I'd be thinking about is whipping out my cell phone and taking a picture. But there are trail cams set all over the place. Mm-hmm. You're right. There are surveillance cameras everywhere. The surveillance cam cameras, you know, will pick up bears coming in, <laughs> coming into town and eating out of the, you know, garbage, garbage bins. Cans, yeah. And you know, Bigfoot, assumedly, assume uh, I would assume would would do something like that too. But we don't have any pictures, so I mean, that's why Bigfoot's still a mythical creature. We haven't got that kind of evidence. And with uh, and, and here's another issue with evidence: mm-hmm. there are a number of people, uh, some scientists uh, and academics, who have gotten their hands on on uh, alleged Bigfoot DNA, and when it's tested, it's deemed to be human DNA, although there's some anomalies that aren't normal with humans, but it kind of fits within the entire range. And this is in North America, and, and, and a guy from Alberta uh, ran into the same issue, and a, and a scientist mm-hmm. uh, from England um, was testing some Russian uh, Bigfoot DNA, and it was all the same thing. It was all human with some oddities in it. Uh, however, you know, the, the Native, Native Americans are the First Nations people, and, and other people around, and indigenous people around the globe have said that, you know, these big hairy things are people. They're just big and hairy. And, you know, what if they are? 
<laughs> what if these Bigfoot actually are people? Right. Which means there would be they would be smart enough to avoid us. Maybe that's why we don't have you know don't have any pictures. But we don't even have a body. We don't even have anything from this Bigfoot. And as far as the DNA, how do we know that the scientists who received the samples were actually keen enough or credible enough to actually come to a conclusion whether or not it is or it isn't? You're right. It could be them. It yeah. could be uh, whoever collected the DNA. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe uh, you know a hair fell out of their mustache, or you know, a flake of dry skin right. fell off and contaminated it. So, I mean, all of that could be. Mm -hmm. could, could, you know, it falls into it too. What's your stand on the Patterson-Gimlin film? Oh, I've I've gone back and forth on mm -hmm. this. I think the first time as a kid when I saw this was on In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. Oh, by the way, which is one of the shows that we have on the Exxon TV channel. Which is Thank you for the great. <laughs> I, I, I've watched a couple, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, not, not you know within the last year, and to me they've all held up. I, they have, yeah. yeah. I love <laughs> them. Yes, and with, with the Patterson-Gimlin film, mm -hmm. there's a... a just looking at the evidence of, of, of what happened, we, we have a guy who was a huckster. Yes. Uh, Patterson was a, was a huckster. He and his, you know, invited his buddy, let's go out and mm. we're going to go to Northern California where people have said they've seen Bigfoot and we're going to shoot a video. We're going to shoot a movie of a Bigfoot. So they rent a camera. Actually, he stole it because he never returned the, never returned the film camera. Nice guy. But. Yeah, he said, we're going to go up there and we're going to do it. And they went up there to Bluff mm -hmm. Creek, California, and they did what he said they were going to do. Now, the odds in that actually happening, especially given his history of being a huckster, are, you know, astronomical. I would discount it just from that. But there are so many people who have analyzed the film. Mm -hmm. you, and and they've, they've tried to recreate it in exactly the same spot. And the, the, the Patty in the film is not walking like they can get a human to walk. It's just not a natural gait for a human. Um, and, you know, there's muscle definition in the legs. And really, are you going to tell me if somebody's going to fake this, they would think in 1967 to put breasts on it? But what happens if it was just a fluke the way everything came together? And why is it that the most amazing stories, like Bigfoot and the Patterson-Gimlin film, are by charlatans? Let's take a look at the the uh, Crystal Skull. Ben, uh, you know what was the name of it? Um, uh, Hedges, Mitchell Hedges, Skull. Mitchell Hedges and and uh, Patterson, their bios are practically the same. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh... Yes, I know what, and and I mean we we're we're trusting. I mean, I mean the, the crystal skulls. Mm -hmm. You know, they were shown to be. You know, at least most of them were shown to be fabricated. Sure. Um, and and you know the Patterson Gimlin film very possibly could be, but I mean a couple of things. You know, again the muscle definition, yeah. the breasts. I mean, oh, it really doesn't seem likely that they would have created that. And could they have created that? In well, let's continue this on the other side of this news break. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour is Jason Offit, and he's the author of Chasing American Monsters, Paranormal Missouri, What Lurks Beyond, Darkness Walks, Shadow People Among Us, and Haunted Missouri, just to name a few. And if you'd like to find out more about Jason, visit his website, jasonoffit.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. And I'm... 
We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I will return after this break with Jason. Don't go away. Jason Offit is our guest to this hour www.jasonoffit.com. And Jason, do you think if somebody besides Patterson had taken that 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 film, 16 millimeter film up at Bluff, at Bluff Creek, do you think that the controversy would have been as strong and the conspiracy theory behind it of being a hoax would have been as prevalent as it is today? It would still be there. But as prevalent, no, I don't think I don't think at all. Um, and and I think it's really uh, you know some current people have also helped mm-hmm. make you know the Patterson Gimlin film film look worse. Like uh, I mean, if you recognize the name Tom Biscardi, oh sure do, Whoa. sure do. Talk about charlatan in a truck, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, he hasn't helped the Patterson Gimlin film if that is actually real evidence of a, of a Sasquatch, you know, having somebody fake all this Bigfoot, mm-hmm. you know, in air quotes evidence, you know, makes all of it look bad, which includes the Patterson Gimlin film. If, if my memory serves me correct, he was also responsible for an alleged Bigfoot being found in a freezer somewhere. Right. Ended up being a oh. uh, costume filled with uh, pig intestines. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That was him. So, you see, I, I can't blame the, the public for being leery and suspicious when claims are being made by members of the paranormal community. You know, let's look at the, the, the alien mummy that was, you know, shown in Mexico that was found to be uh, from a, a native, uh, what was it, a North American uh, native or an American native baby for goodness sake. And right. then you've got the stuff about Roswell, you've got the crashes, you've got the Loch Ness Monster, you've got the lake monsters of Canada, the United States. All of these claims are being made, and what the public is getting to see are hoaxes. So what do we do in this case, Jason? How do we kind of bring things to a happy medium where the skeptics and the believers work together on these projects in order to establish the reality once and for all. Well, yeah, this is not going to happen, but mm-hmm. you know, finding the, these paranormal answers needs to be you know, a, a, a branch of, of, of science. Mm-hmm. Because in, until we get scientists in there really just digging into it, you know, nobody's going to believe anything. All, all of these, you know, Bigfoot hunters, they hate to be called hunters, but what do you do when you're out searching for Bigfoot? You're hunting you're for hunter, him. Yeah. yeah, you're a hunter. They're just average guys 
out in the woods on a weekend. It's the same with ghost hunters. They're just, you know, you know, plumbers and accountants and teachers just, you know, walking through uh, haunted houses on the weekend and calling themselves a ghost hunter. We have to have science uh, in, in heavily involved and they have to actually produce something. Remember in, in the first Ghostbusters film, that's why they were kicked off campus. They never produced anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so that, that's, that's, that's going to be it. And, and the, the media is also partly to blame because yes. I mean, they cover these things like they're, you know, sometimes like they're real and they ended up being hoaxes. So that makes every, in everybody, the average public's mind think that they're all hoaxes. Yeah. But you, you know, as well as I do that in the media, in the majority of the media, I should say, if it don't bleed, it don't lead. Sensationalism sells. And the media is a business, a money-making business. And I've seen the trend where the paranormal and parapsychology is turning into a money-making business by the, the, para, the paratourism that is springing up all over the place. And what does this type of tourism due to any credibility within the field of the paranormal? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's, that's a great question. I mean, if people actually show up to these places and things happen, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's, that's some credibility, but generally, uh, it's, it's just, it's turning, you know, you know, the, 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 uh, the Stanley hotel and, uh, you know, Disneyland, that's, that's what it is. They hope yeah. to go and, and, you know, go and have fun there as opposed to what should be happening, which is actual, actual research. So yeah, until um, we need Bigfoot to be hit by a truck. That's what we need. Do you remember the group in California or Texas that were going out to deliberately shoot Bigfoot? They were hunting Bigfoot and uh, an American television uh, network was going to air it. And I was so ticked off about it that I got a, a petition started online and we were actually able to get the the network that was involved to withdraw the production. Like, you're going to send guys out with guns hunting for a Bigfoot. What are the chances that they're going to shoot another hunter, a camper, a tourist, or a member of the uh, Forestry Service? No, that's most most probably, yeah. or one of themselves, one of each other. Um, yeah, when uh, uh, Retur- or, yeah, Return of the Jedi was being filmed, mm-hmm. um, they had they there were guards placed around because the filmmakers were worried that you know a hunter or some yahoo was going to shoot uh, you know shoot Chewbacca. Right. So yeah, I mean, that's, and 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 in, in in researching this, there were so many cases um, where there were you know people out hunting for Bigfoot, and uh, you know these posse's that had formed. Mm-hmm. You know the the police broke them down and, and ran them off be, just because of the fact that you know you're not going to kill one of the you're not going to kill the creature. You're going to shoot somebody. <laughs> We're not going to have it. Well, that also brings up an interesting fact. Let us say that somebody does shoot a Bigfoot. And under investigation or post-mortem, it is found that this creature or Bigfoot is part human. Does that mean the person who shot it has committed murder? And if if the possibility of Bigfoot is real, why isn't Bigfoot protected by federal law? And that's those are great ethical ethical issues. You know, I, that, that's what I don't want to see. I don't 
I, I don't like to see things that are just killed to be killed. Exactly. I, I'm not big on trophy hunters. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a family of hunter and, and hunters and, and venison is delicious. Yeah. But, you know, just going out and shooting something to shoot it is I, I'm really opposed to that sort of thing. So just going out and shooting a Bigfoot, I, I think, is wrong. Uh, you know, one accidentally getting hit by a car or something, that's that's a different story. And But would they be, I mean, how could they be for the first one? Mm-hmm. For the very first one, if the first person to shoot a Bigfoot, you know, they might, you know, a clever lawyer might, and there actually are some, um, might get him on, uh, you know, manslaughter charges, but not murder. Right. The second one, if they found out it was part human, now yeah. now that would be murder. Yeah, I'm I'm not a hunter. I, you know, like I was in the police force for a number of years and... The gun was was part of my toolkit that you wore around your waist. It was there to protect you as well as the lives of the citizens. But to go out and hunt something and kill it just for the sport, uh-uh, I'm not in for that whatsoever. In fact, I was sitting in for a talk show host at CKTB, and I was doing the afternoon show. And the topic of the day was, why do men hunt? And I was getting all these ladies calling. And I said, ladies, take it from a man. The only reason a man goes out into the forest with a gun is to, is to exude his, his manhood, his sexuality. Because if a man has to carry a gun, that means he's carrying something less. Just like getting that fancy car. Exactly. And you know what? The lines went crazy. I got all these calls from these ladies who were saying, yeah, I, I knew that was the reason I knew it, but I didn't get one call from a man, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. I, I, again, I grew up in a, in a, in a family of hunters, and, mm-hmm. and it was just for food. Right. You see, that, that I can go for. With. That I can, Yeah, so am I. So am I. But just to go out and kill something for the sake of killing it. Hey, listen, if you want to use a gun and you just want to fire it, go to a, go to a, a range. Go to a rifle range. Go to a pistol range. You don't have to kill something to prove that you can shoot, for God's sake. Right. And, I, you know, I like it when nature fights back. Mm-hmm. There was a story that uh, you, you probably, probably read this story as well. It was just maybe a month ago that there was a poacher. In, in Africa that went into a, uh, a reserve uh, to, I don't know if he was, what animal he was after, but he was stomped to death. He was stomped by mm-hmm. an elephant and then eaten by lions. That is justification. That is just, yes. That's how karma works. It does. Um, you know, I've got a, I've got a picture. I've got your book here in my hand. I'm just showing it to the people on TV. Um, Chasing American Monsters, Over 250 Creatures, Cryptids, and Hairy Beasts. Now, one of, these, one of the creatures you have on the front cover is the Washington Bigfoot. When we come back, I'd like to just briefly talk about two of the other creatures, the Maine Goatman and the Ozark Howler. How does that sound to you, Jason? I'm ready for that. All right, Exxon Nation Jason Offit is our special guest. He's the author of this book, which camera am I on, Clyde? There we go. American Monsters. And if you'd like more information about Jason, visit his website, jasonoffit.com. And Jason, where can uh, listeners get a copy of your book? 
Uh, well, on my website is is one, or they're also available at uh, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. All right, and I'd like to thank the good people at Llewellyn for helping make this interview possible. Hmm. Are you a skeptic or are you a believer? Send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour of the Exxon Radio TV show from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. All right, here's the book. Uh, I've got it aimed at the right camera. Does the camera have it aimed at me? Yes, there we are. American Monsters is the book written by our guest this hour, Jason Offutt. Chasing American Monsters, over 250 creatures, cryptids, and hairy beasts. And it's available at jasonoffutt.com. And once again, it's published by our good friends at Llewellyn. All right, tell me about... The main goat man, and that's M A I N E X O Nation, not M A I N. Well, it's um. Let me just first. Let me think of Bigfoot. Okay. We've got a big, hairy ape-like creature. I think that resonates with people. I mean, they can kind of see mm-hmm. how this big unknown ape could 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 live. Now, going to the goat man. That takes a little bit, uh, you know, a little, little, little bit, little bit more to think about. Yeah. Um, because it's a goat that walks on two legs. There are these goat men that are seen, um, uh, really in all over the country. But wait, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. Weren't they, weren't they also in Greek mythology? Yeah, that's. I was just going to get to that, and and the one okay. you're talking about looks like a a satyr. Yes. Um, you know the the goat from the waist down, human mm-hmm. up. You know, human from from the waist up, um, human, uh, you know, goat feet, uh, human hands, and, uh, you know, goat horns. And uh, this one carries an axe. Um, so he's got an axe to grind. He's got an axe to grind. Oh, okay. uh, maybe with the, the you know, <laughs> the, the, the Virginia bunny man who also oh. carries an axe. But you're, you're kidding. No. You know, a, it's, it's either they're real, they're fictitious, or the Greeks were really kinky. Well, and well, here's here's something here's something that you get from the the religious side of things, you mm-hmm. know. And in, in uh, you know, I usually hate to get religious, but I'm gonna gonna throw it in there from from the Bible. We've got the Nephilim that have that yes. came down and, and mated with 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 human women to create giants and other you know the the, the heroes, sure. the men of renowned, and they also had you know did you know did the bestiality thing and. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go there, wow, we've got centaurs, we've got satyrs, we've got all sorts of things going on. Kinky. But, yeah. <laughs> well, that reminds me. No, wait a minute. Hold on here. Hold on here. That reminds me. Lloyd Pye, before he got into Star Child Project, he was big into Bigfoot, and I remember going back many years ago, having Lloyd on the show, and he was talking about Bigfoot, and he told of stories of Russian miners having sex with Bigfoot. Yes. And that Bigfoot is actually part of the lineage of Russians, of Russian royalty. I sort of mentioned this, but by not mentioning it, mentioning it that specifically. Yeah. Um, they, I, I mentioned the, uh, the, the, the academic from England. I think, I, I don't remember if he's from Oxford or Cambridge, one of the two. Um, did did uh, you know a DNA test on the alleged 
descendant of this Bigfoot creature, right? In Russia, this Alma, they they mm-hmm. uh, this it was in a it was in a small village that was out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, they caught uh, these people caught these guys caught this wild woman, all you know, big, covered in hair. And they they chained her and they brought her back to town and kept her in a uh, um, a shed until they domesticated her. And since she was so big and strong, they got her to do a lot of work for them. And then the the town's men started having sex with her. And she produced a number of offspring. And the offspring... um, had kind of a, a Neanderthal look with the, with the, you know, protruding brow and yep. the sloping forehead. And, um, but they were, you know, they, they could, they could talk. They were articulate. Uh, um, uh, Zaina's one of her sons, uh, was a, was a decent pianist. Um, but this, 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 um, the, the scientist got the DNA from like the granddaughter of, Zaina or Zaina's son, her mm-hmm. great granddaughter, and and did did you know had they had it tested, and it, this is one of the one of the one of the tests that showed that it was human DNA, but you know there was something a little bit off to it. Yeah, yeah. So right, that's what he was talking about. You know, fact is strong is, is stranger than fiction. It really is, and who oh, knows? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I completely completely agree with that. Yeah. There was a. Um, um, about about Bigfoot's mating with with people, there was a case, and I can't remember the name of this man. He was uh, out scouting for um, uh, for a mine. Uh, this was back in maybe the 1920s, and he was in Canada. I think he was in British Columbia. Right. Was, yes. Yeah, and he was he was he was in his sleeping bag, mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden he was picked up and thrown over the shoulder of this really big male Bigfoot and this thing, this guy carried him, this Bigfoot carried him for a couple of days. And when he set him down, he was in, you know, like a group of Bigfoot and he got the, you know, just from their body language, he got the idea that he was supposed to, to be the mate for the, uh, for the, uh, adolescent female Bigfoot. So who knows? Maybe people who dis maybe all of David Politis's work is about people getting <laughs> getting kidnapped to go uh, be a husband or wife to a Bigfoot. During your research uh, into Bigfoot, did you ever hear of any connection about Bigfoot being around the time or being seen with UFO sightings? That yes, um, yeah. Actually, that was uh, I don't know when it started, but I remember in the. Um, in in the in the seventies, mm-hmm. um, I remember reading about that in a uh, in a comic book about about UFO encounters, and uh, uh, I think Stan Gordon out of Pennsylvania has done yeah. done some research in, into this, and there are a lot of, of of you know Bigfoot encounters that are about the same time in the same geographic area as mm-hmm. as UFO sightings. I mean, there there might be something to it, but I I, I really don't like throwing in something that's unknown like UFOs and mixing it with something else unknown, which is Bigfoot. I'd kind of like to use, you know, exhaust science to, to prove one or two of them first before, you know, you know, stepping out on that limb. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the Maine. That's the state of Maine exonation, uh, goat man. How about the Ozark howler? Now I met a few people from the Ozarks and they have a reputation of doing a lot of strange things in the woods especially to keep away from the revenuers. <laughs> right. Uh, how does the Ozark 
did I get my foot out of my mouth yet, Craig? He says, no, keep trying. Thanks, pal. No, 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 yeah. you're doing, you're doing okay. fine. Okay. I, mean, okay. I just really wish the Ozark Haller would have been a featured on an episode of the Beverly Hillbillies. Cause that's yeah, right there. You never know. There's yeah, an idea for a new show. Uh, so what's the story behind the Ozark Howler? Well, the Ozark Howler uh, has been seen for you know decades and decades and decades mm-hmm. in uh, in North Central Arkansas and and South Central Missouri in the in the Ozark area. Um, now there are there are mountains down there with with thick forest, and that's something else that people don't really understand. You know, I mean, we think that. You know, the United States, we've, you know, we've, we've been everywhere. People, I mean, every place is filled with people, and mm-hmm. it's not. There are great swaths of forest and desert land that, you know, people don't live, and they really yeah. haven't lived there for, for you know, hundreds of years. There are plenty of places for cryptids like the Ozark Howler to, you know, to hide. Uh, but anyway, this has been described um, as either a great, you know, a cat like a like a mountain lion. Uh, mm-hmm. It's also been described as an enormous dog, and a bear. And most usually, it's a combination of the three. It's a great dog-like bear with cat features, and uh, it has red eyes that glow. and And it's about four or five feet tall at the shoulder shoulders. And some of the witnesses say that it's got horns as well. And it's called the howler because. That is the big thing that everybody can agree on is this howl it makes. It sounds kind of like a cross between a bull elk's bugle and a hyena laughing. Well, there we have those sex games again. There you go. Well, you never can tell what people are doing in the woods. You're right about that. Yeah, well, I guess if humans can cross-dress, animals can cross-mate. And, um, yeah, they Hmm. they probably probably do. That's that's been the explanation. (laughs) Of you know a lot of these a lot of these creatures yeah. uh, you know and throughout my book are you know creatures crossbreeding that really shouldn't be able to. Listen, I I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always a great pleasure talking to you. We've got about a minute left. I'd like you to this is your minute to to tell the Exo Nation around the world about your take on monsters. Uh, I don't get to sing my, uh, a selection from West Side Story. If you'd like, no. go right ahead. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, I'm sorry I brought that up. Um, oh, come on. on. You're not going to sing? No, I, I can't sing. It's, tap dance? It's awful. Uh, I can tap dance, All right. which is great radio. Um, <laughs> no, with, with monsters, um, we've always had monsters yeah. from, you know, our, our early time, you know, the you know, when, when, when we were, you know, Cro-Manions and, and Neanderthals, we had cave bears. I mean, mm-hmm. we had real monsters to deal with. But, you know, when civilization cropped up and we were relatively safe, except for from each other, we, we made up monsters. We made up the, the, the satyrs and the, and, the, and the centaurs and, and the snallygasters and, and uh, you know, things of that nature, the Ozark Howlers, because as humans, we need monsters. We need things to explain mysteries that we cannot explain. And if you see, you know, a human-like footprint that's as big as Shaquille O'Neal's out in the woods during the winter... Right. What else is it? That is true. Yeah. That is true. Well, Jason, you and I have to say so long for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure. Don't be a stranger. And Nation, if you'd like to find out more about Jason or if you'd like to buy your very own copy of Chasing American Monsters, visit www.jasonoffit.com. 
www.jasonmcdonald.com. Jason and I will be back. Well, Jason's not going to be with us. I will be back on the other side as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, to find out more about Jason, visit www.jasonoffit.com. <laughs> 